segment of We're Drunk and We Know Things. We are sat outside the cock and bottle, freezing our buttocks off. Uh, it I don't know, is, it's a balmy evening. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's veritably clement. Um, sitting outside the uh, cock and bottle, uh, we are going to discuss VR tonight. Our producer is Jameson Cockrocket. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I think it was meant to be something else, but fuck it. Yeah. Um, let's we have it. We fired Johnson Manhandler. Oh, Johnson Manhandler, that was his name. Jameson yeah, shit, yeah. Smog Rocket. No, he's uh, gone. It turns yeah, out yeah. he was a racist, so <laughs> we had to let him go. Yeah. And by let him go, I mean I killed him. <laughs> Virtual reality. Virtual reality. That's what I do. I drink. I know things. Futures made of virtual re- I had to get out of the way. I still can't believe that your pop career didn't take off. Uh, it's, it's insane. People don't realise that I was in five. <laughs> no, let's, let's... You were four let's. of them. <laughs> um, right, before we get into virtual reality, uh, quick announcement. Oh. You know, as we all want to do. Yeah. Uh, it does occur to me that making this announcement to people who are listening to the podcast is entirely pointless. But you can now get this podcast on Spotify. Oh. So if you've got friends who've been like, well, I would listen, it sounds amazing, but oh, I don't have a podcast client, oh, it's not which Spotify. everybody does. Um, I only listen to things on Spotify. Well, now they can. Yeah, Mr. Spotify. Search for us. Yeah. That's What's it. the name of this podcast again? We're drunk, ampersand, we know things. <laughs> No, we're drunk and we know things also works. We are not we are drunk, but we're weird and we know things. No, we're we're lazy. We're we're And not like like the the thing that goes over the river. No, (laughs) the contraction of we are. It's spelled Q-U-A-Y. It's like were. Just just type were. Your iPhone will probably do the rest. Other smartphones are available. So let's talk about virtual reality. Don't sing. Futures. Anyone gone? Let's go back in time. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, God. oh God. This has become so formulaic, it's getting embarrassing. Well, are we going to talk about the history of it first? We probably are, Let me yeah. Guess. yeah. First of all, there was reality. <sighs> then someone created a virtual version. Nailed it. Moving on. <laughs> uh, no, let's uh, think about the fact that as long as mankind has been mankind, we have sought for ways to escape. It's our true. own reality, either for the purposes of no storytelling. One knows better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> for the purposes of storytelling, it's for true. the purposes of education, it's for true. the purposes of basically yeah. just blotting out whatever hellish existence we happen to be living in at any given moment of time. That is very true. So you could say that the earliest origins of virtual reality are theatre. It's true. Puppetry. Yes. Cave painting. That time when they watched a film and a train came into the station and they all ran away because they thought it was real. Yeah. No, or seriously, that much, is actually much later right. on film. Yeah, but that was film. You know, they, they, the, the first film when the train... Cover a thousand years' worth of human history. In fact, tens of thousands cave of years' paintings worth of human history. Reality. But no, let's make it about film, Mike. Cave, virtual, cave paintings could have been virtual reality. Sure. I'm trying to be I'm on your side, man. The thing is, the Mine. virtual reality is... It's weird, because it's obsessed us. And it has. Oh, right. We have been obsessed by this attempt to 
perfect a fake reality. The ability sure. to inhabit somewhere that feels, looks, sounds, smells real. Escapism but to the end degree kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And for various reasons that we will get into at some length, I would imagine. Perhaps that's why people have been so obsessed with dreaming for such a long time, Rob. Well, no, it's just because we do it. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, the one example I would give you is, do you remember a, a toy that came out? I think it actually originally came out in the 60s. It was around in the 80s. Uh, it was called a Viewmaster. Yes, I do. Red box. Yes. You put yeah, this yeah, in yeah. and it had a lever. Uh, and it gave you basically a stereoscopic vision sure. of, um, well, normally a shit Polaroid. Like a picture of, of a mountain. It's like the Look Eiffel at, Tower. You're in the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that kind of thing, that kind of persistence of concept that we used to give to our kids as toys, but even the grown-ups would pick it up and they'd be like, oh, yeah, feels kind of yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> feels kind of real. It's like I'm really there. Well, you know, well, you've yeah, no, never oh, been yeah, there. Absolutely, yeah. The first, almost the first, but the first one that we're going to bother with, and there is some editorialising right. here, because honestly, the history of VR is vast. It's virtually... Endless. You get like three of those. You've used one. Cool. Uh, the Sensorama. Right. Is that a smell one? It is. Because it was built in, well, it was designed in the 1950s uh, by a chap called Morton Hellig. Oh, they love that shit in the 50s. The thing is, Morton Hellig also was a cinematographer. Okay. He was very into film. Sure. Um, so as cinematographers I want to be. He came up with this concept called an experience theatre. Right which combined the ability to record and project film and sound. Yeah. Uh, but he also combined it with uh, other senses. Scratch and sniff. A couple of these I kind of want to know how we got it to work. Uh, the sensor armor was actually built in 1962. He built right. a prototype, and it was a big thing that you sat in, a bit like um, one of those racing arcade games. Sure. So you have a big chair and what have yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you had goggles that like, you put your, your eyes in. You have goggles and everything. And you had a little thing that went around your nose. Because <laughs> like a- this was a mechanical device, it's pre-digital, no computers, and it simulated sight, sound, fine, smell, what, and touch, where? Touch? Where did it touch them? Touch them in the butt, didn't it? Touch them in the butt. We'll never know. Well, we would know if I'd actually... Can I interject very quickly and ask a question? Have you got William Castle on this list? Why? William Castle was a filmmaker who made a lot of horror movies in the 50s. Yeah. And so he would do a lot of things like you'd uh, have to sign an insurance waiver, blah, 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 before because the movie was so scary, you're going to die. But also he would do things like he would put dry ice into a cinema whilst there was a foggy scene. And yeah, so did he still project things onto a static onto screen? Onto a static screen, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then no, he's not in it. Oh, okay. Because right. that's not virtual reality, that's watching a movie. He would electrify the seats to make them, make them jump. No, that's just cheap tricks to get people into the cinema. And to be honest, VR gonna subsume cinema. Yeah, is it though? 100%. Right. Uh, The birth of modern virtual reality, uh, we kind of have to go back to the late 60s. Right. Not too far back. Um, And a couple of chaps called Ivan Sutherland and Bob Spruill. Spruill? Spruill. I know, no idea. Operation Paperclip, eh? They created the first of what we know as a head-mounted display, an HMD. Okay. Because when we think about virtual reality these days, we you think, think about you put the goggles, thing on the head, right? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Helmet on and what have you. Um, now, the hilarious thing about their head-mounted display was that it basically only did really simple wireframe graphics, so it wasn't particularly right. real. 
It was right. very virtual. But it was immersive. Yeah, and it was so heavy that it had to be chained to the ceiling. <laughs> you couldn't wear it. It had to right. actually be suspended. Had to be suspended from on the some ceiling. Form of block and pulley, I assume, so Incredible. you could like, lift it Incredible. up. A um, series of donkeys and chains. The best thing about this is not the fact that were it left untethered, it would crush a grown man beneath its monstrous weight. It's the fact that they called it the Sword of Damocles. Right, so they're really playing into the fact that if it fell on your head, you did. Yep. Right, wow. <laughs> um, you were a bit worried that I wouldn't know what the Sword of Damocles was, weren't you? Well, I didn't until you said it, so thank God you caught that one. It's because like, it's a guy yeah, yeah, who wants to be I king. Know, too, okay. <laughs> Just throwing you a bone. Seriously. Oh, okay, you're fine. fine. Uh, <laughs> next up. Next up! Um, about ten years later, 1979. Late 70s. chap called Eric Howlett developed something called the Large Expanse Extra Perspective Optical System. Snappy! It's uh, abbreviated to LEAP. Oh, okay. Or well, LEAP OS. That's snappy. Yeah. It was the first OS. Uh, it wasn't an OS it at was all. OS it was an optical one. system. Well, that's what... Not an operating system. No, We've been through this. In fact, I'm pretty sure we did a whole thing on it. I think we've done it several uh, times. Now, the main thing about the LEAP system that was different was, fair enough, technology had moved on and screens were a bit better and what have you, but it was the first system to actually start to offer one of the big problems for VR, which is uh, a, wild, a wide field of view. Right, so you were trying to cover your peripheral as well, yeah, as opposed to... because this is something that, for example, kind of traditional cinema has always just ignored. Sure. Um, it has been, we focus on a well, point... like IMAX is trying to fill... Even and then, they're not shit. really yeah, yeah. coming close, because you've it got covers, nearly, yeah. like, I think You're still aware that you're sat with a shitload of people. degrees of yeah, vision, yeah, yeah. it will take. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most of it's useless. Yeah. You focus on one specific point, but the wide field is required to feel immersed. Yeah. And these guys uh, built the Leap system, and it had kind of the widest field of view ever. It was actually redesigned for the NASA Research Centre in 1985. So NASA are using this to train To try and give them an, astronauts, an experience of what it's like in space. Yeah, yeah. And the LEAP system actually provides a, a linkable basis to modern VR helmets. A lot of the stuff hasn't changed. You, know, you have two viewpoints, you have a wide field, it's motion-linked... You know, it's pretty much what we're dealing with today. Can I ask a question based on NASA? Yeah, why not? So, you know, simulators? Yes. Is that virtual reality? Yes. Cool. That was easy. <laughs> and there were actually um, early works in the 80s by a guy whose name I don't have written down um, who was working on building a completely simulated aircraft. Right. Because if you think about it, the simulators that we see now with all the pneumatics and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, didn't exist. Yeah. But at the same time, all the pneumatics and stuff not really required if you're flying right. Yeah, of course. Um, it's meant to be flat and steady. Yeah. Um, and he came up with a system that would effectively allow pilots to practice landings, approaches, takeoffs, etc. Okay. Without ever leaving the ground. Right. Okay. But without using pneumatics and that kind of stuff. Well, no. I mean later okay. on, but sure. initially okay. it was just screams input. Sure. And the fact that it felt like you were in a plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, your mind will trick you, right? It's, yeah. Enter the star of our show. I mean, this guy is absolutely brilliant. His name is, I think it's Jaron. Might be pronounced Jaron. Right. But I'm going to go with Will Jaron. Will son. No, that's Jaden. <laughs> Jaron Lanier. Right. Jaron Lanier founded a company called VPL Research in 1985 and is widely regarded as the father of virtual reality. And is this who Piers Brosnan was based on Law Murmur? No. Um, he coined the phrase virtual reality. Right. But before that, 
At 13, he convinced a university to allow him to enrol. Right. So he could take graduate level courses. <laughs> okay. And age 16, he built a canoe that he sailed from Florida to Venezuela. He's a real Renaissance man. Yeah, he's also a full on, like, dreadlocked hippie and bills himself as part, equal parts computer scientist and artist. So he's like the natural extension of Feynman or something? God knows. His company, VPL Research, developed um, a bunch of devices, including one of these will make you smile, uh, the Data Glove, which we'll come right. back to. Go on. Something that they called the iPhone, as in ah, eyeball. Ah, the iPhone. How they didn't sue the shit out of Apple, I do yeah. not know. Well, no, it's an eye, it's not an eye. And it's not the e-way. Audio Sphere. The audio sphere. I know nothing more about. <laughs> they, did, they licensed the Data Club technology to a company right. called Mattel. Oh, yeah. Heard of them? Small company. Yeah, tiny little thing. Uh, this they is the used power it glove, isn't to it? make an accessory glove. called the Power, power Glove. Power Glove, yes. Early yes. consumer virtual reality yeah. technology. It was affordable. Yeah. It was also shit. Yeah, fair news. Okay, let's uh, fast forward a bit because this is. Uh, um, throughout kind of the late 80s, early 90s, we've got a company building something called The Cave, which right. was a basic precursor to the holodeck. Is that like based on the Plato thing? Like you see a reflection of something you think is reality? You see a reflection of yourself, yeah, but it was shadows, all holographic so. projection. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, doing that in like the early, late 80s. You know we've been doing this a podcast for a long time when I say, is that like the Plato's The Cave when you see a shadow of yourself and you're blah, blah, blah. Yeah, perfect. Um, that was also the something. first ever real-time interactive immersive movie right. that was called... I've forgotten. It was called something. doesn't really matter. <laughs> oh, good. It's not like I really you're into you're movies been, at I really all. hope you've been in the sunny, mate, because this has been sketchy so far. <laughs> right, uh, virtual fixtures uh, was a system that developed at the US Air Force's Armstrong Laboratory. Right. Name Consisted for... of... Um, <laughs> A full upper body exoskeleton. Right. So not right. only did you have the goggles on and right. the speakers in your ears, but if but you, you were wearing fighter, it felt like a thing, hit. yeah. And that was basically the first truly immersive physical. <laughs> well, what were they using that for? What? This exoskeleton. The military. Yes. I could tell you, but I would have to kill you. I could probably extrapolate as well. Yeah. yeah. Also, they don't say. Um, what's interesting about the virtual fixture system is that they actually were the first to allow you to overlay virtual objects onto a real-world view. So that's like augmented reality. It is. Right. But because the exoskeleton, you could actually interact with them physically. Right. So they oh, could well, put okay. like a big box on the floor. Right, yeah, And yeah. you could go over to it, pick it up, Move it and it felt heavy. Right. So it's like uh, Tom Cruise in Minority Report. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, virtual shelf stacking was invented by, by the, uh, the US military. It doesn't surprise me how many conversations we have like this and we, you go, well, the military made a thing. You go, oh, yeah, that doesn't are, make sense. Are you starting to work out the military-industrial yeah. complex is an actual real deal, no, it's right? It's the only thing that's got money, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he got, got any real money. And, of course, going back to VPL, our favourite canoeing hippies company. Sure, of course. They actually developed something called the Research Data Suit, which was a full-body outfit with sensors built into it for measuring the movement of your arms, leg, trunk. Sure. So you could do true movement. So is that like an early precursor of motion capture as well, then? Well, yeah, it captured motion. I yeah. mean, motion capture was already kind of a thing oh, okay. uh, in the 80s. Okay. 
Give or take? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, but no, this would allow you to walk around a space. Okay. Presumably tethered oh, so by more, a wagon It was more about cable. measuring your movements within a virtual well, space than it was... One of the things that we'll get into or... about what it means to make a true virtual reality. Okay, yeah. Um, we'll come back to it. Widespread commercial availability started in about 1991. Really? Yep. Now that I think about it, I went to the Trocadero back in the day and I sat in a chair and put a headset on and I was like looking around and firing a tank or something. I couldn't move, but I could look around and go, look, there's a weird blocky mountain over there and fire a gun. Amazing. So that must have been the 90s. So yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. Sega release the Sega VR headset. Oh, you mean Sega. As we have previously discussed, <laughs> Nintendo fanboy right here. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But they released it for initially arcade games and then right. they adapted it for the Mega Drive. Really? They you did. could get a VR headset for the Mega Drive. You could. I'm not sure why you were surprised. Uh, because that's... What? <laughs> okay. Well, they released three games and decided that's too expensive. Fuck pretty, it. Pretty much. Right, yeah. And those games were not good. No, I can't imagine they were. No. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, it's a really pixelated version of reality. I feel sick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A company called, and this one is slightly impressive... Uh, Virtuality released the first mass-produced networked multiplayer VR entertainment system. Right. Now, Virtuality is big because it was the one that you would remember from arcades. Right. This was the one where you had two little glubby things or mitty things, yeah, yeah. like nunchucks, yeah. and you had the thing, uh, and you would stand <laughs> inside a big ring yep. so you didn't fall over, sure. and you could interact with stuff. Yep. And they had a whole bunch of games. The systems were insanely expensive. Yeah, yeah, like sure. millions yeah, of quid. Yeah. You play it for five, um, five minutes and it costs you ten quid and all that. Yeah, business, yeah. Uh, but massively popular. Sure. And do you remember in Hackers there is a scene where yes, he's do, having a yeah, fight, yeah, yeah, and yeah, if yeah. you pause it, yeah. virtuality written right across the front of the Really? Yep. Okay. Because so they were just the leading... They were it. They were the bleeding edge. Yeah, yeah. Sega, in 1994, tried again. <laughs> never you know wanted to quit Sega? once they're down. They never stopped trying. Until they went bust. And, and eventually they just stopped making games for the Switch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they released something called the Sega VR1, which was a motion simulator arcade attraction. Right. So this isn't a home uh, computing thing. This is a... No, this was arcade-based right, only okay. because they realised the computing power needed required yeah, a special board. Sure. And a whole um, big... Yeah. And, uh, sure. um, but this was like progress, baby steps. In 1995, Nintendo hell. fired an answering salvo. I bet they did. Can you remember what Nintendo did in the VR space? Uh, the bazooka. No. No, I have no idea. The Virtual Boy. Oh, yes. No, now I do remember. Yes, of course. Yeah, of course. Now I remember what we're talking Can about. Can you remember this. why the Virtual Boy failed? It was super expensive and shite. Yeah, pretty much. Made <laughs> people very ill. Yeah. And didn't actually track. You had to just look into it. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, like, well, that's... Oh, how real is this? I have a cramp in my neck. <laughs> I can see red. This is... Actually, it's a bit like you after reading V for Vendetta one-star reviews. Um, and the biggest one that I actually remember, because um, a friend of a friend of a friend had... I, I got access to one of these. Sure. was something called uh, the VFX-1, which was released by a company called Forte. And this was a PC-powered virtual reality headset. So you plugged it into your computer. Right. But the best thing about this in the world was it actually ran modern at that time games, including an amazing game called Descent, right. which you probably don't remember. No, I have absolutely but no knowledge of this. Fucking game. epic because right. it was proper three D spaceship flying. But you could attract and you could look around. Yeah, and yeah. That kind of business. And to be honest, Descent was nauseating in and of itself. It right. didn't need virtual reality to True. make you feel queasy. <laughs> uh, 
Star Wars Dark Forces, which was terrible, System Shock, which was alright, and Quake, which was fucking epic. They did a VR Quake? They did. Back in day? Back in day. Right, we're going to speed this up a lot. Right. we've been talking for 20 minutes. Cool. So we are going into Virtual Overdrive. Perfect. Maximum over and virtual overdrive is better. Fine, I'll stop it. Uh, 2010. Right. A guy called Palmer Lucky designed, designed something called the Oculus Rift. Oh, yes. Well, I've heard of that. Good. Uh, in 2014, Valve, big games yeah, maker yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. network thing, designed something called the Steam Sight Prototype, which has separate 1K lenses. So is, I, that, is that the invention of Steam? Uh, no. Steam they, was no, a they thing and they just got yeah. it. But they and were the big into Rift VR. guy is the super weird, alt-right, Trump-supporting weirdo guy. Maybe. Okay, cool. Honestly, don't get into their politics. I'm all about the tech. No, indeed. Uh, yeah, Steam site, uh, which has positional tracking of a large area, Fresnel lenses, a whole bunch of stuff, uh, which, weirdly, uh, I'm pretty sure Valve did nothing with. What's a Fresnel lens? Uh, seriously? Yes. You know how they light film sets, right? Yeah. Yeah. A Fresnel lens is a lens that is, like, concave and more concave, so it allows you to okay. focus okay. the image okay. Okay. without putting so much strain on the eye. Sure, yeah. Um, March 25th, 2014, the Facebook buy Oculus Rift VR for $2 billion. Oculus Rift yep. at this point have produced one fucking prototype yep. so that I've they've sold to a bunch yeah. of people. Of course, of course, yeah. Uh, Sony announced Project Morpheus in the same year, yep. which is its code name for PlayStation VR. Which is pretty good, actually. I've had a go oh, on that. Morpheus, yeah. That's all right, yeah. Uh, Google announced something called Cardboard. And Google Glasses. Nope. Google Glass had already been and gone. Okay. Uh, and cardboard being a do-it-yourself stereoscopic viewer right. that uses the smartphone as sure. the core. So that's like the Samsung engine. thing where you get the goggles and you slick the smartphone We're in the front. We're coming on to Samsung. All right. All right, all right, all right. I'm just saying that's the thing. Uh, right? In February to March of 2015, both HTC and Valve again announced the virtual reality headset HTC Viv or Vive. Vive. I thought it was Vive, Vive like Vive la Revolution. It's a ridiculous name. Yeah. Uh, which is basically another headset that you have to plug into your computer, but it right. had controllers, and their big thing was they had sensors that you put around you. So, um, oh, so you rather than just plugging right. it in, you now have to redesign your living room. Perfect. Way to go for accessibility, HTC. That's great, unless you've got furniture. I wonder how their stock price is doing. Well, they've got a new one out that they say is better than a Switch. Guess what? It isn't. Yeah. And <laughs> Samsung, late to the party, yep. but massively well-funded, released sure. something that they called Gear VR, yep. which is basically Google Cardboard, but with a Samsung phone. Now, I've seen the adverts for that, and that looks pretty amazing. Did you see the small print? No, I've just seen the advert. The small print under the advert that says, this is not based on real shit. <laughs> when it says actual, not actual gameplay footage, and you go, oh, not okay, Not actual right. footage. <laughs> not no. actual thing. This is virtual, virtual reality. We spent $10 million on 20 seconds of footage, and it is not what you're going to see. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's cool. So, that's kind of brought us back up to date on VR tech-ish. It's been a short one. Well, yeah, we're done. No, we're not. I can't believe you haven't talked about the lawnmower, man. We Hang on, we're getting there. But, all right. Oh, this is a time bender. A little bit, because we're going back a bit now. That's what they call you, the time bender. <laughs> In that you like to bang guys from the 40s. Let's move on. <laughs> I thought you were just saying that. <laughs> no, I'm I like just to being masturbate in a herb garden. I'm just but... being weird. Uh. <laughs> so, that's, that's better. That's yeah. Better. See? Give me a bit out of hand. No, pause. It Give means, it a bit of thought. Hang on, hang on, once again. It means you like to masturbate in a herb garden. <laughs> you can fix that in post. That's perfect. Uh, that's perfect. Uh, 
1999, <laughs> going back a bit, right. an entrepreneur called Philip Rosedale yeah. formed a company called Linden Lab. Right. I feel like I've heard the name. Ah, have you? I feel like I have. I think you have as well. Right. Now, Linden Lab was originally designed to build virtual reality hardware. Right. Which it did. So it was just building headsets, just building whatever. Well, headsets, interfaces, uh, power gloves, all the rest sure. of it. Big suits that you could wear and walk around. The trouble is that uh, none of their hardware was any good. Um, right. So Linden Lab eventually pivoted out of the hardware space yeah. and into the software that they'd written for you to exist in with the hardware yeah. that was a small online program called Second Life. And what? No, I'm joking. Uh, really? Yeah. The Second Life that wasn't designed initially as VR, was it? That was. It was. It was originally a prototype environment but then to it, test the hardware. But then that it didn't be, work. But then they were like, "Fuck it, we'll use it as a secondary thing." When it was a point-and-click Sims type weird. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. very briefly, we well, got this US incredible product. Was incredibly yeah. worried about the fact that they invented their own currency. Oh, wow. And we're making a lot of money from, you know, fake money that could just Did they be made. On, kind of. We also, we can't really talk about VR without talking about something called VRML. Right. So, you're familiar with HTML? Yes, I am. So, VRML came out about the same time. Right. Well, a bit later. Okay. <laughs> right. And well, don't lead me down a path and then sweep well, the no, rug out of the Not that much later. We're talking oh. about, like, uh, so HTML was invented uh, about the same time as the World Wide Web by the same right. guy. The Dirty Bird. The Dirty Bird. And about three years later, somebody decided that they would come up with a specification. Never mind, this is like 1994. Um, that would allow you to do virtual reality on the World Wide Web. And describe environments. It's a terrible idea. Well, yeah, because it's 94. I mean, it's a, it's a great idea, but oh my god, the, uh, my, you know me, my mind I mean, immediately I'm goes sure to that a bad place. Aladdin had only been out for a bit, and that rendering sequence took about nine months. Aladdin is so good, though. Yeah, but still. Robin Williams' know, performance is Computer there. graphics. Will Smith is not, not going to live up to it. Um, <laughs> what VRML did was actually described a whole bunch of uh, different tags and protocols that you could use to put vector graphics on the web. Right. So the idea being that you could actually have your online store and your online store was there and people could interact Walk with it. Walk around in it and pick up stuff and stack and shelves and whatever else. it was a complete and total failure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because nobody had the hardware to do this shit. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you could do it with, well, like, it stereoscopic very, glasses. It needs a very specific interface, right? Which I was assuming at the yeah. time was extremely expensive. Computing so. power wasn't there yeah. to actually draw this shit, yeah. and nobody cared. But it's like the, the, the Windows version that you said that was built like an actual office. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic if you have all the virtual stuff that you can walk around in the office. Otherwise, it's just a shitty user experience. I think I quite like VRML, mostly because I actually coded some back right. in the day. Sorry. I quite like a VRML because I invented it. No. That's going to be uh, one of, the, one no, of these days. Very much, I was 14. Right. And not and you didn't have you didn't have dreadlocks. Not convincing and, universities to let me paddle to Venezuela. Yeah, well, okay. Um, well, no. I guess that's on you then, Rob. But at the same time, I tried to code some. It was good. I made a box. It, it, I could walk around it using my mouse and keyboard. So that was a, like a. I then went back to playing. Doom. But it was so. So that was open source, though. That was then. Well, it was an open could... standard. Yeah. So right. the same as HTML is an open yeah, standard. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but what I really like about VRML is it's indicative of the fact that engineers are always massive optimists yeah but 
well, I could invent this thing. But they're Surely like, people they're will like, use it. They're like five steps ahead of the user. They're yeah. like, what did the user want? What will the user want? I mean, when you consider well, that's, let's, that... Let's imagine, this is what they're going to want soon. It's, it's like, man's reach exceeds his grasp, right? So it's like, oh my God, that was quite profound. It was like, this is an incredible thing. It was so far ahead of its time that it was ahead of... It couldn't support its own concept. Yeah. And the market wasn't ready for it. The users sure. weren't ready for it. Yeah. It was a good decade, if not a decade and a half, ahead of even remotely being achieved. I suppose the point here is that there's always been an intersection between virtual reality and connectivity and the web. Sure. And it's always been the way can... it's going, but technology hasn't caught up for a long time to do it convincing. Yeah. Um, and you get a couple of little nuggets in this little yeah. path of futility. Yeah. Um, one of them being a company called Google. Heard of them, right? Google, you say? Yeah, yeah come With on. two O's. We're on <laughs> sorry, the no, we're moving on, we're moving on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, they introduced something called Street View. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why I'm suggesting that you so haven't heard of this. That's it's pretty fucking That counts as virtual reality? Well, kind of. Because if you think well, about yeah. it, you can sit and explore, and you don't be wrong, it's fair. Listen, I've walked well around removed. Pompeii, I've around Pompeii virtually. It's how I know where the good parking is in cities when I go to visit them. Indeed. That's how I found out where my house was when I bought it. <laughs> Check out the neighbours. <laughs> exactly. Check out, see, there's a blurry pink bub in the back garden. No, it, on Google Street View, there's a naked man being sick on the street next to where I'm buying the house. Perfect. I'll take it. He's probably not going to be there. When I've got, no, I've, no, I've got a very specific criteria what, of the houses you? that are bought. Yes, yes, it was. I'm going for that house wages. Hey, that's me. I was so wasted. <laughs> in fact, this is my house. I don't even need to buy it. Um... The fun thing about Google Street View is that they actually introduced a true stereoscopic 3D mode in 2010. So there is a VR... 100%. That you can walk around in the street? Yeah. But you can walk around the street to a certain extent in that it's still stills, but the stills are stitched together well, in no, such a way... The idea being that if you think about the way that Street View works, it's 100% 360-ish. Because of the 360 Because uh, you can look around smoothly. Yeah. Moving between places yeah. is that's where you jump. You can't go into people's houses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, in some of them. But there's still can, a time jump in between a, a still taken in the physical of the locations street and the end on of the street. XYZ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once you're in a location, you can observe to your heart's sure. content. But if you move up the street, your 360 view might be different because a bird might have flown in and landed. Yeah, on or in fact, or... you're moving the wrong way against the traffic and the traffic's going the other way and sure. all the problems that we yeah, know yeah. with street view. Uh, not to mention everything's blurry. We don't have an amazing fact in this episode. What? Well, what's the point? Well, we kind of did. I mean, frankly... Well, I don't come here to hear a load of half-assed history shit. What we have is <laughs> a real-life virtual reality experience. Where? Well, yeah. outside a pub? Outside a pub. Right. Rob now, is holding up something... Firstly, that is a Fresnel lens. Yeah, okay, yeah, I got you. So, but good. Uh, this is actually, granted it's made out of plastic, but this is a on my head, Google Cardboard. So that's a Google Cardboard thing? It's made out of plastic because it's a bit more resilient, sure. but you can also get these in cardboard. Well, they cost like Nintendo $10. Um, and we are going to uh, subject you nicely to a right. fully immersive, <laughs> fully 360-degree <laughs> virtual right. reality experience. Okay, right. Right, um, I'm not often lost for words. Uh, first of all, you're going to put that on me. Well, no, you're going to hold it. Oh, okay. It doesn't have a strap. <laughs> no, it doesn't fine. have a strap. Well, that was my first concern. Okay. Strap on um, free. Right. Um, Just the way you like it. I know that you have access to a 3D printer. 
is this a stitch up? <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, this is okay. honestly, this is just you experiencing virtual reality. So I assume we'll have to take my glasses off. First hand. Okay. So you have to take your glasses off. And the other thing I would say, because virtual reality is amazing, but it's kind of selfish, because right. uh, we won't be able to see what you're seeing. Uh, I know. Have you put me in a sexy environment? No. Brilliant. Well, maybe. It depends what you find sexy. Our producer knows what you're going to see. The audience don't. So right. the only thing I'm going to ask of you right. is that whilst you are uh, no. enjoying this experience, <laughs> okay. that you uh, do your best to vocalise it. Brilliant. Describe what you're Outside seeing. Outside of screaming and crying feeling. and pissing myself. Uh, well, are the mics going to piss up urine hitting my trousers? Um, yes. Well, they haven't so far, to be fair. We've been doing this for nearly two years. So, so here we go. This is right. We're Drunk and We Know Things <laughs> does VR. Right, so you're strapping something so, into a, you're strapping your phone into the lenses. I've now put your earbuds in your ear, your, your okay. earbuds. Okay, those go over my face. face. What does it say? It says something. Uh, digital domain with it looks okay. Have you got Within, credit? Okay, I'm looking over a river. Oh, and there's mountains. What? Oh wow, you can see the uh, you can see the reflection of the trees and stuff in the lake. Right. If somebody's going to jump out of me, I'm going to kill both of you, I swear to God. Oh my God, it's legit 360. That's so weird. So there is a lag in terms of quality, but the music is very relaxing. I do not trust it. That is so weird. Oh, I can look down like I'm... Oh, I'm not in a boat, although something. I am floating. Oh, and you can legit see the clouds. This is extremely <laughs> weird. Whoa, shit. Okay, you guys are dicks. <laughs> so birds flew out from underneath me. What the fucking hell? That is, uh, it's clearly CGI, but it's quite, the depth of field on this is quite incredible as well. What's behind you, Mike? Oh, it goes all the way around. It goes all the way around. So there are colored streamers falling into the water. And now the sun's setting over the mountains, so the entirety of the colour of the whole of... And I'm lifting off the ground. This is bananas, guys. And this is just off your phone? Mind the train. Okay, now it's just straight up 2001 through a wormhole streamer. Uh, oh, okay, now it's 2001. It's a... Uh, it is a fetus. It's a fetus. It's, it's a fetus. It's a baby. It's a baby in the womb? That is fucking weird. Oh my god, it's me! It's not me. <laughs> that is disturbingly three-dimensional. Okay. I feel like this kid is coming on to me now. This is weird. Okay, that is unsettling. That is extremely unsettling. So that, is that a test video? Is that a... This is a proof of concept. This is what we can do with that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, so this was a company that were called Verse and are now called something else. I would say wise. That's um, mental. But it, it really is all-encompassing. Their really entire thing is that they make uh, shorts. Yeah. And they make them for Google Cardboard. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of them. You need to download them. Mm. There must be like 50. And there are um, fully immersive 3D movies yeah. uh, concerning uh, things like whales. But that's, all, that's got your phone strapped in the front of it, right? Yeah. My phone that I... We've got the same phone. My phone that I use to go, oh, Facebook. Like, 
that is so that's got to do with the lens right so it's got to be about the lens and about the hinge to your head the better the sink to your head the more immersive i mean i was aware that i'm sat outside a pub and all that kind of business i can still slightly hear my surroundings and that kind of stuff but that's mental this was google's genius in cardboard yeah and this is why i don't say this very often because to be honest google are fundamentally but if you could becoming quite an evil company yeah but they realize that the average smartphone yeah has a display yeah that is clear as a fucking bell yeah yeah, yeah. has enough pixels <laughs> to sink a ship um, and if you strap that with a couple of lenses yeah. to correct for the fact you're focusing on something yeah. that's an inch or two inches away from yeah. your face, uh, rather than the usual three inches, which is where you find your penis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, at this point, I, have, I actually I've got serious questions. That, uh, go, I, go, I, go, I've go. only got a dick, dick question in my mind. If you could, if you could send a drone to Venus that could fly around. Okay, Venus is about it. Mars. You run of Mars and fly a drone around. You could 360 map the entirety of Mars, and you could walk around and map the terrain of Mars like you were there. Yeah. That's insane. Why? Because it's insane. Because I, because it's insane. Because normally we take photos and go, oh, it looks a bit hilly up there. The Hubble, that's amazing. Look at the incredible I mean, quality of the images. But if you walk around on the terrain and understand the ups and downs of it and the topography of it and that kind of stuff. The reason I'm The reason I'm slightly <laughs> struggling to understand your disbelief is because you are somebody who has committed themselves heart and soul to an entire industry and an entire art form that does that but, but does it different. in a very specifically focused and edited way. But that's very different. That's very different. We can do this again afterwards because sure. I do have for example there is a Mission Impossible 3 right. um, video that these guys have. Yeah. There was actually an episode of Mr. Robot that okay. was made purely for Google Cardboard. But that depends on you having certain certain actions, right? Like well, you have to be forced no, into No, you're just observing. But you're observing that's from I mean, a... Passive. That's what yeah. I mean, it's passive. It's now, passive. And, that, and that's where great this gets a movie, really interesting not, yeah. is that, let's say, you have the movie, mm. but you want to actually step slightly to the right, or you want to go and have a look at that guy who's yeah. just been shot three times in the face. Yeah. Um, and you can do that. Freedom to explore the narrative. But, I mean, for me, if we're talking about films, I think that takes away a lot of cinematography and things like that where frames are composed in a very specific way for a reason and if you're just wandering around inside that would be, that sounds cool but it takes away some of the, the art trouble is that it then, takes away the art of then it, we're so. over to the uh, the, the interjection the intersection between say game design where you do yeah, have free flowing movement so um, I'm not saying it's the, an know, improvement on the original art I, form I I'm thought, saying it's another art form I thought, again I thought this recently uh, this is a very old game but I've been playing Doom on the Switch and I did recently think if you could walk around in VR, if you could walk around in those rooms... Just because you're playing like the new Doom, right? The Not new the Doom. 16 yeah, the new Doom. <laughs> so you're walking from room to room, you're going from place to place because the game makes you do that. But if you can walk around in a room and go, oh, there's a gun behind this cupboard, cupboard. what does this box do on the wall? If you can do that, that's a whole different kettle of fish. So, before we get into the applications of virtual reality, we've got to finish... Legit, just blow my mind. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> See, I told you, didn't need amazing Southside a pub at the fucking cock and bottle, it blew my mind. And you're being chased by a train and you're inside a giant room <laughs> yeah, looking yeah. at a fetus. Yeah. Um, it's a fetus! I mean a baby! So, I mean, there's got to be some good sound bites <laughs> out of that. Even if my commentary wasn't good, at the very least you can cut it up into good bloopers. <laughs> it's a fetus! I mean a baby. 
So that was unnerving. That was really un... Seriously, it was... For a yeah. moment, you weren't sat outside a pub in St. Helier, but you were. But that's... Yeah, without yeah. talking for 14 hours about it. Right. That's the thing. So that was um, cheap but fully immersive virtual reality. <laughs> and that's not even mental. the bit that I get excited about. It's mental, mate. It's mental. So the it's next crazy. thing that we have to talk about is something called the uh, reality virtuality continuum. Right. This one's fun. It's basically a sliding scale. Sure. And on the one end, you have truly immersive, completely real, virtual Full headset, can't, no, like, full immersive Everything. reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, sure. There is no difference between yeah. that virtual reality and a real reality. But doesn't the Uncanny Valley come into that a little bit? On the other end, you have reality. Right. And there's a scale that runs between where you can merge the two. Sure. For me, one of the most exciting things about VR is actually not VR itself. It's what we call mediated or augmented reality. Okay, yeah, sure. So this is where we take our real world, yeah. but we overlay... Heads-up displays. Iron Man's, Iron Man's uh, visor. Is a great example. Yeah, An augmented yeah. display yeah, is yeah. fantastic. To be yeah. honest, in a car, a dashboard is a form of yeah, yeah. augmented reality, yeah. albeit not quite because they're actually real. Um, no, the idea that you can basically slap the virtual on top of the real. But that's what they were trying to do with Google Glasses, right? Well, Google Glass was one example. It failed. Sure. Because it made everything look like giant nerds. <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck are you putting on your I've face? I've been doing me wrong. I've worn glasses for a large portion of my life, and even I wasn't going to touch no, those. No, no, no. Uh, there are examples of uh, uh, augmented reality that actually work. The most prevalent, I think, at the moment is something that Microsoft developed called the HoloLens. Okay. Yeah, and this yeah. This yeah, gives yeah. you like a. It's a fairly narrow field of vision vertically, yeah. uh, but it does motion tracking and all the rest of it. Right. Um, and what it does is basically projects an image onto a lens that you can see through. So right. it's a bit like a teleprompter, sure, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Only yeah. backwards. And what this allows you to do is basically overlay all sorts of data onto the real world the trouble is the hollow lens is still it's a fairly funky looking bit of kit yeah but you're not gonna wear it walking down the high street yeah sure yeah. not least which because it needs to be somehow connected to a fairly powerful computer <laughs> yeah what's more interesting for me what from you need is something that's a fucking contact lens is what you need well <laughs> like... either that or what you've just experienced um has already been kind of demonstrated to work in an ar context okay so the idea that your smartphone which has a camera right and therefore can see the real world yeah uh and is a fairly small interruption in your field of view yeah uh the trouble is that at the moment the only people who are doing anything with this of any note are games developers so it's like halfway between us and ready player one mm-hmm yeah the big game, of course, yeah. being Pokemon Go. Yes, of course. Yeah, Which, absolutely. If you've ever yeah, played of it, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, is yeah, pure yeah. AR. People walking out into the street because they're looking for poke Pokemons and not realizing the cars are coming and yeah, stuff like that. Which yeah. is why they had to put loads of safety warnings on it. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, should have yeah. just, to be honest, just been just feel leave like, it. I feel like just just leave look, it. Look both ways no, before just cars. Don't want them. I mean, I'm sorry, but if no, you've I mean, got people who are going to walk into the street following called, Pokemon on their phone, it's called evolution. Yeah. yeah, we don't need those people. <laughs> I think we'll be okay without them. No, we'll just be fine. Yeah. Then again, you don't know. They could be kids. And they that's all fun and games until I get killed by a car. And then it's like, oh. Because the driver is searching for Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, that is bad. Well, I've got Pokemon Go inlaid on my, the, the screen of my, uh, my, the windscreen of my car. And I drove straight through a field of children because I got a rare Pokemon. 
I mean, the thing that nobody's really started work on yet, it's been um, it's been condensed into a whole bunch of different kind of like sci-fi or mm. um, futuristic films, of uh, books, comics. Well, there's endless amounts of that kind of stuff, is absolutely. The, yeah, yeah, but at the same time, the scary thing is that with so much of this stuff, science fiction becomes reality by virtue yeah. of the fact that we have the technology to realise it. And, and also, it's become a thing where it, there are things in films where like in Mission Impossible 4, he gets in that BMW and he's uh, racing away as a concept BMW but he's racing away and he's trying to work out the best route to get to this hotel and uh, there's an HUD virtual display on the windscreen telling him the best route and it feels so real that when I've watched it I've gone I've said is that a thing or is this mission impossible it's a thing like it like yeah. It's been a thing in uh, military application for a while, fighter pilots. Sure, yeah, yeah. Full, yeah. Uh, yeah. Originally it was full heads up on the actual display. Yeah. Now it's built into the helmet. Yeah. They have like, a little goggly thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah done. Yeah. Uh, augmented reality is, in some ways, I don't know. We'll, we'll get onto this when we talk about challenges, but to my mind, it's more exciting because it retains a connection with this. Yeah, the, the actual, real, actual reality. Real actualness. Yeah. Yeah. AR, if you will. Um, Actual reality. Actual reality. Which is a weird thing, but we do need to now... Deli- I think it's pretty much just called reality. No, I, I know. I think we do need to... Well, let's not get No, we are probably car, getting to the point where we do need to start rethinking some definitions. Well, if you look at a table and I see it, you see a table and I look at a table and I see a table, how do we know that the table is even a thing? This is a whole... Philosophers have been talking about this for... Well, what's holding my beer up? Exactly. Exactly. And I'm guaranteeing you that my beer is real. In the, drinking no fake punk ass bitch fake beer, and then to be fair, I mean we're all living in a simulation anyway, so this is all technically VR. Does that mean we just like poking holes in the virtual? Anyway, um, <laughs> talk about the applications of virtual reality. What can we use it for? Uh, military applications: uh, finding a way down the pub, finding a way to buy a loaf of bread. Um, going to meet your friend uh, knowing when you see somebody they're actual are they uh, do I want to talk to this person in the pub because I can see all of their stats from Facebook oh member of Britain first fuck that guy I'm not going to talk to him in the pub literally everything I would suggest I, I, I have a couple of those so let's go with the first and most obvious one that you didn't mention entertainment okay sure because we're going to use VR to play games sure yeah to watch movies yep uh, and to be honest, movies have been aware of this for a while because uh, VR features in a lot of films. Yeah, yes. With the Picture goggles. Picture, yeah. yeah. Um, and the idea that you can somehow cross over between worlds. But if I could go and see a film at the cinema and then go and see the film at the cinema a second time and watch it with an eyepiece that then gave me a running commentary about the production of it, I would live that shit. It yeah. would be insane. Or better yet, it's an eyepiece that when you look at somebody, you can optionally blink twice and pull up their full profile. Where do I know that guy from? Bleep, bleep. Oh, that's his his entire IMDb page, yeah. Blink again to watch his porn sex tape. (laughs) As opposed to his non-porn sex tape. So this brings me to privacy. No, no, no. No, no, we'll do challenges in a second. We'll come back to that. uh, (laughs) I mean, the biggest, and there are a couple of really famous, obvious, like, VRE bits in movies. I mean, come on, Lawnmower Man. Yeah. You mentioned it before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that yeah. is terrible VR. Yeah, it's a terrible film. <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty bad film. But the idea that you can uh, interact with an environment and yeah. fair enough, they take it to an extreme. And but The Matrix as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, the Matrix what, what's is VR if, is, a if it isn't VR? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jamiroquai, all up in that jam. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So let's talk about some more practical applications. Training and hazardous operations. Uh, we talked about this with um, UX, actually. Uh, you know, learning how to do surgery. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. doing surgery. Yeah. But doing it remotely. That's where to cut. That's where not to cut. Yeah. Or the red this line is, is where the you person cut. you're operating yeah. on. Yeah. By the way, they're 5,000 miles away and you're controlling yeah. a robot. Yeah. With your PlayStation yeah. controller. Spoil <laughs> <laughs> my mind. Um, this is the whole thing. This, this is a, a few times we've had this podcast where I'm like, right, got to keep it chatty, got to keep it conversational, got to keep it funny, but also, wait, what? Oh my God, this is amazing. I don't know, what? Wait, what? I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get a little bit dark. Uh, oh, no, of course so, it is. Of course it fucking is. Uh, training is. and uh, hazard operations are a big thing. So Good if job. you work in, for, say, for example, a chemical plant, yep. they're a real thing. You probably don't actually want to be near the chemicals. Yeah. Much better to control the robot. Yeah. Um, also, if you're learning how to do something, uh, there is a massive push at the moment for AR and plumbing yep. and other applied uh, professions where... You kind of want to look at the thing and go, uh, which bit do I turn? But that's what I mean. If you could fly a drone into Chernobyl and map it properly and have a look around at it and go, right, that's what the problem is, you don't need to send 10,000 blokes with a shovel up the hill to try and fix it. Well, they've done that. Unfortunately, also Chernobyl predated this by... But you know what I mean. You know, yeah. Hypothetically, that's what I'm saying. No, if something 100%. like that happened, if you, can you send don't need to just send rescue, a dude Rescue there. workers into a space yeah. or, or yeah. Um, surveys into a space yeah. without them actually having to be there, yeah. you save those surveys for the next disaster yeah. that we created for ourselves. And then, uh, as I said before, all that stuff with interplanetary travel and that kind of stuff, you could map out planets and all that kind of stuff without actually having to be there without... I kind of want to be there, but anyway. Yeah, but uh, we want to be there, but we wouldn't have to because we die. Moving on. <laughs> Military applications, mm. OVS. Not your pint. That's your microphone. Trying to drink microphone again, Rob. Sorry about that. <laughs> Go for your life. <laughs> um, the idea that, uh, unfortunately, the most expensive thing in war is people. Sure. It's not. Is it? Isn't the kit the most expensive part? Well, people not are really, because people they? are people, and you never know what people are going to go on to do. But when they die, they take their kit with them, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah, and the kit is by design disposable. Yeah, so yeah. we already see this with things like uh, the US drone program sure, yeah. and the UK drone so program. That's reality, just right? to be clear. They're sat in Milton Keynes flying a drone in Iraq. Yeah. Yeah. But they're nowhere near Iraq. Yeah. They're basically. They're in Milton Keynes. Arguably worse off. <laughs> <laughs> Why is your drone going left all the time? Going round and round about. Best joke of this, best, best joke of this podcast. That's all I've got. Um, but yeah, military technology in terms of... Uh, obviously, this requires a certain degree of robotics again. Yeah, sure. uh, but the idea being that actually... I mean, fair Roger, enough. Roger. Einstein famously said that World War Three will be fought with sticks. Yeah. Um, no, sorry, World War Four will be fought with mm. sticks. Mm. Uh, World War Three will probably be fought with VR-controlled robot drone people. Yeah. But it, again, without bringing you back to too much of a weirdness, that whole Ready Player One thing, where it's like uh, a load of dudes and they control drones inside the uh, Oasis, and when they get killed, they just run to another station, yeah. take control of another thing, and start fighting again. And by definition, your soldier yeah. is improved yeah. by virtue of the fact they've learnt what killed yeah. their very expensive drone in the first but place. But the experience the human has had has improved that drone and the next drone. I mean, there's a whole bit of me that thinks that oh, I, I... Can we have one podcast where it's not a fucking downer? <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> uh, welcome to the real world. So no. Right, so we talked about medical. Uh, one of the great one. things that... Yeah. And this is genuinely enough. This is a yeah. bounce. Uh, yeah. Virtual reality is being used through something called uh, VRET, 
virtual reality exposure therapy, okay. which is, let's say, for example, that you live in Milton Keynes okay. uh, and you are I think absolutely terrified yeah, of heights. Yeah. yeah. And they can basically yeah. take you into a completely safe environment yeah. where you're physically removed from the thing from any and gradually any real danger. introduce yeah. you to the yeah. thing that you are afraid of. And sure. this has been yeah. tested, proven, works. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, have heard of this. I have heard of this, yeah. Anyway, yes, move on. Sorry, sorry. I'm I think the thing I would say is that the more you can trick the brain to help the brain, fair enough, and the yeah. idea that you can literally dial a surgeon yeah. You can drop a box over a patient yeah. and have this robot you, thing open up and if you have and I were stuck the up a mountain, best brain surgeon in the world. If you and I were stuck up a mountain and you had appendicitis and I could dial into my phone and get a surgeon in Switzerland to go, listen, this is what you got to do. And with VR, I could take your... Take your you wouldn't let me? You're still, not going near me with a scalpel, son. If you were stuck up a mountain, Rob, you might then have any choice. Then he can drone in a fucking <laughs> surgery <laughs> robot. Okay. That's I'm, it. I'm going to hit that drone with a baseball bat and I'm going to make you do it. I'm going to do it with a near needle, Rob. I can do it. So some of the challenges facing the wonderful world of virtual reality. You've got to have a big-ass headset the whole time. Uh, maybe. To be honest, the biggest challenge at the moment is that hardware is a bit crap. Because don't be it's wrong, a big-ass headset. You enjoy the whole phone experience, but you're still very aware that you are holding, holding a phone, phone <laughs> yeah. against your face. I, as much as it was, oh my God, it's amazing that I'm sat outside a pub and doing this, I was still aware that I was sat outside a pub. You I were not removed from transported reality. Through, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Exactly. Um, it wasn't a sensory deprivation tank, it was, yeah. The trouble with the hardware is it's kind of tough to solve because in order for VR to fool the brain... We need to achieve 95 frames per second at a minimum. Right, yes, indeed, And we need near-zero lag, so that when you move your head, the thing has to move instantly. But doesn't it also have to do with the inner ear and all that kind of stuff? So well, it's like partially, 360 although... Tracking, that, 360 tracking treadmill, all that kind that of stuff. we'll come back to. All right. But the idea that basically, when I look over there... I'm looking over there immediately. There yeah. is no lag. There's no which there was with that. I course. whipped around and yeah. And it takes a bit of time to catch up. And even the best tech we've got, to be honest, these days runs at about 60 hertz. Your TV probably sure. is tracking 60 hertz. <laughs> I mean, not my TV, but maybe your TV. Really? No, my TV is 60 hertz. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's probably got about a 10 millisecond update speed. Sure. So it scans yeah. at 10 ms. Yeah, yeah which is 10 ms slower than your eyes to your brain. Yeah, yeah. So we need to fix that. Kind of hard. There are people working on it. Yeah. Uh, and to be honest, the nice thing about the whole, oh, I've got HD, oh, I've got 4K, oh, Don't I've got 6K. mock me this openly. I've got 4K, first of all. 6K's not a thing. It's not you, I'm just saying. The general, like, no, you were the talking. K race. That was clearly a direct impression what, of me. The, the number that people aren't <laughs> screaming about is, yeah. oh, I've got yeah, 60 yeah. hertz, oh, I've got 120 but it's all, hertz. It's all, it's always this. It's like looking in a window. You're not in the world, you're looking into a world. Quite. The point is that the man monstrous chase for pixel improvement and all this bullshit, um, and the pixel improvement, not a massive deal, but we are getting better and better, better and better frames per second, we're getting lower and lower latencies. I mean, some of the gaming screens you can get these days are down to like 5ms, 2ms, really? if you're prepared to pay yeah. top dollar. Top dollar. Top uh, so dollar. we're on to the next problem, which is that, yes, your ear and your eyes fight. 
Sure, and yeah. have been doing so since. So yeah, so that's a big forever. Thing. There definitely is a big. Um, and that's not really been fixed, to be honest. The idea that if you think you're plummeting down a mountain at 100 miles an hour, and your ears saying, yeah. "Hang on a minute." He's not. Yeah, your equilibrium um, is insane. Now. Yeah, yeah, and I'm still definitely wearing earphones, and I'm still definitely got things strapped to my face. There are attempts to fix this, and most of them involve something that sounds quite dangerous, which is stimulating pressure in your ear. But you'd um, need to be in a room just for sound. You need to be in a total sound, like a dead sound box, like that one. It's in not even that. And then play stuff through your ears. You'd still be aware that it's directly into your ears. It's still a. It's not even that. You can get amazing polyphonic sound that you will fool your ears to believe that you have 360 degrees of hearing. Yeah. The trouble is, your ears also deal with balance, and we yeah. cannot absolutely yet fake it. Sure. So when your roller coaster goes, because woof, ears work on gravity. So how yes, do you fool gravity? Quite. <laughs> yeah. uh, therefore, nausea is a massive problem. Sure. Because your ear disgraces with your eyes, yeah, you yeah. feel a bit green. Sure. Uh, the other problem is eye strain, because the lenses are good, don't get me wrong, but we are designed to focus on things that are between you're still you know, having four light, and infinity you're still having feet light away. projected into your eyes as opposed to your eyes capturing light. Quite. It's, it's different, yeah. Um, and uh, other issues um, to do with basically... <laughs> oh, well, does he thought you were going to finish that. And other issues. Moving on. <laughs> and there's other things. Uh, other physical <laughs> problems. Also, there are other issues. So, I like it. Bye. <laughs> well, no, other issues to do with the fact that, for example, you will be reacting to things yeah. that are not directly physically impacting yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, if you reach out to grasp something, or you yeah. reach out to punch somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's nobody there. So, it's the whole... So. It, this is what I, I know I keep going back to this, because it's a recent thing. But because of the, the Oasis thing in Ready Player One, is a supposed full-body immersion suit, the 360 trackpad, all, all this kind of stuff, which are built around to give you full-body sensation of that kind of stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like... You get hit in the leg. Keep your hands on the table, Neil. You, you get hit in the leg. <laughs> I'm holding my hands up like I'm being shot here. I would like the viewer to hear. Like, if I'm getting shot in the leg, I don't necessarily want to feel the pain of being shot in the leg, but I do want to know that my leg has been hit. I think it's more than you that. Know, I you think need it's a that feedback. If you are attempting to lift something. But there's no reason that you couldn't do that with a headset and not a full body suit, because you're still just tricking the brain, right? Well, you're not is, tricking your leg. It's physicality. If you try to lift something that is fundamentally heavy, so say you try and lift a, 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 a 20 kg barbell. Easy. Right. Well, I'm not saying it's hard. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm but at the same time, if you go down, yeah. you're looking at this thing, it says 20 kg, your brain yeah, yeah, is yeah. registering visually yeah, yeah. that is going to be heavy, yeah. and you grasp air and lift but it's nothing, like when you lift up you're going to hurt yourself. It's like when you lift a box up that says 20 kg on it, you lift up and it's not 20 kg, you throw it up in the air. You <laughs> well, know, it's exactly that. It's exactly that. Your brain tricks you. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, the problem there is you've got muscular issues yeah. and what have you. Uh, so moving on. Making virtual reality, as in capturing reality into a virtual scene, is actually quite difficult. Okay. Even with the, 3D scanning and all these things. Well, this is the problem. These filmmaking bastards have spent so much time working on 2D focused shots. Yeah. Your water the idea okay that we want to capture okay. 360 degrees of our yeah. universe is relatively new. But that is also not a thing that filmmakers are trying to do. That's certainly something that game makers are trying to do. That gaming is trying to do, and now there is this is a whole different they weren't podcast. trying to capture it until fairly recently. They were it's trying a whole, to it's a whole different podcast. It. The argument between whether games are the new cinema, etc., etc., etc. All of the technology Film to do with capturing yeah. our universe for yes. re-experience yes. has been focused on film. Yeah, and has been focused. Would on... Would you say 4DX is virtual reality? Eh? 4DX. 
when you go and watch a movie and the chair jostles around and no. it sprays smoke in your face and water and stuff. Can I look behind me and see what's behind me? No. Then no. Cool. Ask and answered. Fine. Yeah. Uh, 3D cameras. I mean, condescendingly. 3D but it was cameras answered. are. Well, I'm sorry. You asked. Fair enough. 3D cameras are new. Uh, they're still a bit crap. Right. Uh, they're getting better. I mean, GoPro's latest one is insane. Uh, but 3D's not the same, surely. Well, no, sorry, 360-degree oh, okay, okay, cameras yes, that okay. can also do uh, stereoscopic capture so you can do yes. 3D. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, tough, I know, I know right? what you're saying. I'm I mean, saying, don't get so. me wrong, James Cameron, I feel your pain shooting yeah. Avatar with, oh, I have to use two cameras to shoot the same thing. Seriously, Try the doing first, that all the way around. Seriously, the first time I saw th the Avatar was like, oh, this is virtual reality, I live in this place. But how it, it was more like seeing a play than it was being immersed in the world. Indeed, and right. a play... On the stage, not in the round. A play ripped off of Pocahontas, but let's move on. <laughs> right, let's get on to the scary shit. Uh, oh, so, privacy. Oh, brilliant. Oh, come on, you said this before, privacy. Yeah. If you're using virtual or augmented reality, that means that by definition you I need, need a load of information about you in order to... Where you are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that information can be compromised, yeah. tracked, yeah. stolen, sold, yeah. probably the latter. Uh, thank you, Facebook. And there'll be tears about you pay for a certain amount of entrancy mm. to this X, Y, and Z. It's a whole uh, if net you're neutrality. If you're for it, then you're the product. It's a whole net neutrality thing. It's I'm kind of over that as a mantra, by the way. Um, I'm not paying for it, but okay. I didn't agree to be the product, so fuck you. Yeah, how's not being on Facebook working out for you? Pretty good. Still on Facebook a bit, though, aren't you? Well, only because I have to manage our Facebook But page. still on Facebook a bit, though, aren't you? I have... A Facebook account, but you're still on Facebook a bit. Aren't our you? Facebook page, but you're still on Facebook a bit, aren't you? Yeah, that bit. Right, that's the bit. That's all I wanted to know. To be honest, if you would actually manage our Facebook page, you know, I, I could come off completely. When but I quit Twitter, apparently, I quit Twitter. Did you? Yes, I actually. I never looked at did. a tweet embedded in a movie. No, review. I look it up on my web browser all the time. Yeah, there I we just go. look it up on a web browser. Right, all the time. Uh, and of course, <laughs> the biggest problem in my mind, anyway, with virtual reality is actually when virtual reality reaches the point that it is better than real reality. And also, and who's this is Ready Player the One. Virtual, who's can anyone edit it? No, apathy is a massive challenge. We already have a population of people who would rather stay at home and watch Love Island sure. than do something. Right. Uh, and when Love Island is an actual island yeah. where you can feel the sand between yeah. your toes and you can watch people fucking inadvisedly, all of a sudden you have to wonder <laughs> whether a place or not where you can do that. <laughs> whether oh, or not. Be fun. <laughs> whether or not this technology yeah. is going to be uh, a brain rot curse. But that. Across then, humanity. But that then, Rob, is a question about what you consider reality. About what you consider experience. The point was that you will consume virtual reality media from the same people who currently provide your media. But this is what I did. Well, that's what I said about before. Uh, are you having a censored or cultivated version of reality by those people? I'm missing the point again. Okay. Maybe, maybe say, imagine you were talking to a monkey. Ooh. Try it that way. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh, God. Ooh. Oh, God, help me. No, the point is that basically if we actually have VR arriving as an entertainment vehicle, which is inevitably the main mechanism by which it will arrive to the mass populace, yeah. it is going to be under the same auspices as current entertainment. And the trouble with current entertainment is, as we all know, most people are complete fucking morons. Yeah, well, yeah. Who will sure. quite happily forego watching a wonderful documentary on, you know, preserving the rainforests yeah. to watch two people fucking on an island. Okay. Okay, now I see, now, I see what you're saying. 
the trouble is that when that becomes real... But are those two people fucking in that rainforest? Who cares? Okay, great. Okay. When that becomes real, am I actually going to be particularly fussed about returning to the real world or interacting with it in any meaningful way? Yeah. Right, so where are we going? Well, it doesn't sound like anywhere good, Rob, considering what? we've got no, 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 half no. the population watching I watching fucking Love Island and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. By et cetera. your admission, that's already happening and you can't blame that on technology. That's idiocy. Yeah. No, indeed. And ain't no well, amount of technology in the world that was going to well, fix no, that. Well, no, they're only watching it because of reality TV and TV, so actually we can blame it on technology. So what's coming up? Well, firstly, uh, we have um, better headsets. Right. Better technology. Right. Which makes this thing much more fun. Sure. I mean, don't get me wrong, that was fun. Uh, yeah. If it's better quality, less lag, granted the slight nauseation issue that we've discussed. So to avoid the bad times that we're talking about, isn't we, aren't we just talking about a better education about the better usage of that technology? Like every conversation we've ever had? Well, that's the next thing, is that, yes, in theory, if you actually get a populace where this is ubiquitous, you can educate them yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. favour of the empowering nature of the technology. Sure. I'd refer back to my previous statement about Love Island. Television yeah. can be incredibly empowering. Yeah. Nobody cares. We've also got more stuff like Google Glass, where we basically shrink the visor down, it becomes more integrated, mm. it becomes much more acceptable, much less obvious that you're walking around with a thing strapped to your face. Jump your head, yeah. Weirdly, Intel, who we know and love... Um, -na -na -na. Oh, shit. Yeah, we've got to do that, we? <laughs> Sorry, I had, had to do it. They introduced a project called uh, Intel Vaunt. -na -na -na. No, yep. you have to do it once. Um, yeah. I feel like I have to do it. Which they introduced, I think I've got this right, they introduced it to great fanfare in April. Uh, sorry, in February. <laughs> this year? Uh, yeah, February 2018. Right, okay. And then in April 2018, they sent that release, so yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Oh, well, that's embarrassing. I'm guessing because it was kind of one of those where the marketing department ran a bit ahead of engineering. <laughs> um, engineering were like, this is this is like really prototypey, and they were using yeah. like um, a laser beam to draw images directly onto the retina. Oh no! Oh, oh no! Um, yeah, Sorry, they were doing science. like, oh, I want to see Mount Everest, so they draw it onto your eyeball with a laser. Yeah. No. It's perfectly sound science. I'm sure it is. It was also so nowhere near being ready, which is why they canned the project four God. months later. Two months later, even. Okay. Um, I was going to take that to a bad It is a good example of in this space, to be honest, we've got a lot of projects that kind of come into being. and like, sure. This is going to be amazing. And then a bit later, this didn't work at all. But we'll see you later. In 40 Bye. years, they'll go, do you remember that thing we used to do? That would be really good then. Yeah. Um, we also got companies like Magic Leap. Magic Leap right. being uh, hilarious for being the vaporware merchant of the VR space. Right. They've promised the universe, right. and they've been promising it for about two years. Wait, they've raised a shit ton of money what? and have built exactly nothing. They promised a universe what? Or uh, they, they promised the universe an amazing universe. integrated lightweight visor that you could just wear. Right. And it was so lightweight that you could almost wear it when you were out of the house. I think that's the thing I see on tech websites when it's like, we've got a new prototype, and there's nothing ever happens. Mm -hmm. And people keep um, pouring money. Into it, they did have no a wonderful does. tech demo, right? That was, uh, let me get this right, um, a 3D printed prototype yeah. or something similar, like really badly fabbed up. The journalists who were invited to the tech demo were not allowed to try it, but basically had it described to them by a member of the Magic Leap marketing department. <laughs> okay, the Fucking final, <laughs> final future point, and this is it, we're right. nearly done. Oh, Take a deep breath. So. 
because you know where this is all going to go in the it's end. It's going to be right? horrible, isn't it? You always end on a bad Where is this all going to go in the end? Everyone inside my brain, constantly, the yes. police, every time the police walk past me, they see a full list of every single asset and facet of my life, and they say, I should nick him. It's minority report, Because isn't it? we are trying to interface with existing sensory <sighs> mechanisms, we're doing it crudely and what have you, much quicker if we just circumvent it and tap straight into the nervous system and yeah. pop. There we go. You want to be on Love Island? You're on Love Island. I don't want you want to be, be jerked off watching Vertigo? Well done. By the way, wipe yourself off with this. That's not a real towel. That's a fake <laughs> towel. We're just making you think it's that. As long as it feels like You don't towel. really have a penis. We just make you think you have a penis. So basically what you're talking about is The Matrix. Yeah. Fuck me. But. Oh. I'm not going to let this one go out on low because we've had too many of those. And I will tell you this, I will ask you this. I will say that in light of what you've experienced and what you've learned this evening... Indeed. Give some thought to the fact that virtual reality can bring hope and new experience to a vast number of people. The person who can't walk, who can walk along a beach. Sure. The person who's terrified of heights, who can stand on top of a mountain, who can soar with eagles. Yeah. The person with no arms, who can fly a plane... That is good. That is good. The positivity in this technology is sure. huge. This has been a strangely positive tech episode of We're Drunk and We Know Things. For once, we're not all doomed. I mean, we, we all definitely are. We're definitely all doomed, but, you know, there's a glimmer of hope. We've been recording outside the cock and bottle, drinking... We God help us, we switched a cider. On a cold night in October, our producer has been... Johnson Manhandler. Johnson Manhandler, that's the one. Join us next time for... Wait, where are we, V? What comes after V? Down, D-U-V. W! Next time, we're going for W. W. I love you. Ooh, hey, hey. Oh, what we're living in. Let me tell you.